Good afternoon and welcome to the Hard Luck Show. I'm your certified, qualified West Side host, Steve Lucky Luciano. Yes, I want to welcome you to the greatest show on earth, the Hard Luck Show. We are coming at you from the Mayfair Hotel in downtown LA today. A beautiful afternoon. On my right, my co-host is Chumahan Bowen. American Indian Southern Californian Elegant Barbarian <laughs> Here once again Looking for my fucking Theme song once again Yeah Sunrise getting braided up as my paint dries yeah. The blood falls from the red sky That's it, My right lady singing that war cry We'll break them up like mannequins Look in many eyes they panicking Draped up in a bear hide We ain't Indians we savages What? Let me check my status This battlefield is my canvas And it might not take yeah. us longer But that hand uh. is my anthem We go bang On the yeah. airwaves You know we coming when you feel the bass No deal with the devil No soul to sell we Man that's the jam right there That's that's what I'm talking about, man. I swear to God, every time I hear that, I want to go fucking. I want to go postal. I want yeah, to go, go scalp some of them. I want to fucking tear down all this fucking bullshit that we got around here. Man, let me tell you, old blue eyes. It's the third week gone, old blue eyes. Old blue eyes is shedding tears somewhere up north because his woman went to India, mm-hmm. and as a result, he can't be here. Yeah. We got to fucking fix that shit. Yeah, man. So, you know, we got Chumahan, man. He's co-hosting and handling the soundboard today. So, uh, thank you, Chumahan, for stepping it up. Well, you know what? It's the least I can do when we have the special guest that we have coming in right now. Who is this guy? Straight G status right here, bro. What? When we talk about the art world, and we are in the art hotel, the Mayfair, we talk about L.A. artists. We talk about G status right here. Dudes that have been in the game for 30 years or more. We have a guest today that is part of the start of the movement, the graffiti movement in Los Angeles. He's done nothing but grow his craft on the mediums across the board. Today, our guest, let's welcome Vile to the show. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. What's that up? Was, that was fucking epic, man. Thank you. Yeah. This is what Vile, I said, Vile, listen, you're kind of like one of those metal dudes. So, like, what, what do you want to go? He said, let's go classic. Let's go with the wizard, Black Sabbath. Yeah. yeah. I love it, bro. Hey, if you guys are smoking weed or on mushrooms right now, let, let this flow in. Feel that right there. Look at Vile, Yo. dude. He's starting to dance. Dude, <laughs> that's crazy. Yo, how is this... This beat, man. Look at it never that. gets Yo, old. That beat is so, in a way, it's so hip hop. Yeah, too, right? it's just so like funky, like and yeah. the harmonica and just the flow of it is just very like you could. I think Cypress Hill threw this in one of their songs. It's just so 
It's I, dude, I cruise my Monte Carlo in this fucking song. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. This it's, is a song. It's dude. like when when you know what I always picture with that song? It's like anytime there's like a high energy documentary or something like that. That's the song. Yeah, that's what you think about. It just gets you up and moving. But I always think about like some of the greatest documentaries and films I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Use that track. And the thing yeah. is, is it's, it's right. What Vile One says is it's right. It's because a lot of hip hop, especially the early hip hop, the sampling of the drums was from classic yeah, rock, like shit. break beats. Yo. Right. That's, that's exactly. just like a yeah. break beat almost. Right. And, and so much of rock and roll comes from we know comes from blues stuff yeah. man you know and the thing of another thing about that song was that it always felt like a graffiti writer song you know like how do you mean just keep walking spreading their magic you know just that's just yeah. what you know when you're younger that's what you did you know do you see yourself as 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 that do you see yourself as a wizard in a sense of spreading your magic when you're putting yeah. up that stuff yeah definitely and what kind of magic do you think that graffiti actually imparts to people I mean, it's definitely uh, self-empowering, you know. It's uh, some empowering st- empowerment. It's, uh, you know, taking um, something from nothing, creating something out of nothing. Uh, you know, especially around this area, this is like um, Belmont Tunnel's close to here, you know. Like, walking through here back in the day wasn't that easy. <laughs> <laughs> you had to know yeah. where to go. Yeah, you know, for even sure. A, even a few years ago, I took a ride with uh, my homeboy, you know, crew member Deffer, mm-hmm. and uh, we drove through through this neighborhood. And I'm like, you know what? I probably wouldn't have driven with Deffer through this neighborhood <laughs> like, like 15 years ago. Like, but you know, now it's now it's you know everybody's mature now. It's changed up. Yeah. What uh, what about the <clears throat> the the magic though? Okay, so the, what it sounded like you were describing was like creating something out of nothing. So that's the magic coming from the wizard or the writer, right? What about to the people? I think so, because in a way, like, you inspire other people, you yeah. know, with your stuff, you know. It's not an intentional thing. And uh, for me, my, my work isn't done out of, uh, before as a kid, I would think that it was, like, an aggressive thing, you know, writing on shit. Mark and Terry. Young graffiti writers are really aggressive towards each other. Right. You know, there's no, like, back in the day, there was more camaraderie, and it was more like, oh, shit, you do this, I do this. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it is now. I'm mm-hmm. not out there, like, with those youngsters, but. I see a lot of beef, you know, mm-hmm, and, uh, and I think back in the day it was more of like a bonding thing, more like unified. a little more in unison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just so that we're clear, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. And you brought up Deffer, who's another artist that I uh, admire and watched over the years. What? Let's just so we got the stats right. What crew are you from originally? Originally, I'm from a crew called COI. COI, yeah, which stands for like, uh, Cause of Insanity. Okay. Uh, it was just like I think at our deepest it was like fifteen people. Okay, we were like <laughs> that's how like how deep we got. Coi. What's yeah, the first we were one? just uh, we were just kind of like to ourselves, you know, doing uh, a lot of drugs. Okay, and minding our own business and painting. Was the, <laughs> like, painting was the weird shit? Was the drugs the uh, cause of insanity? For me, it, it might have been, you know. <laughs> but again, at the same time, it was that crew that would like come pull me out of like my room after being on like a three days. Speed binge, right, right, right. They'd come grab me and say, "Let's go paint," and I'd be like, "All right." And painting is what kept me sober. Got you. Kept me away from. Kept you away from that. Yeah. And and then and and then now I'm uh, from you know K2S Kill to Succeed right, and then another LA classic fucking crew is uh, Lokes on Dope LOD Mm -hmm. with Chaka you know right 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 Sleaze right, Uh, Volt and Merch and Mosh and all those cats. Yep. 
West Side stuff. Some. Some. Yep. Um, yeah, because today um, somebody was asking me, and I go, I think he's from K2S. I believe that was like the bigger crew that he was with. Uh, by the way, I was with Estev on Oreo earlier. Yeah. And um, I told him that you were coming on the show today, and he's he's doing a photo shoot, and he's like, yeah. How can I wrap this shit up early, bro? I want to come down there, man. You got to tell that dude. You got him on the show. How'd you get him on the show? I'm like, how did you get him on the show? Because we're the hard luck show. No, nah, but seriously, how do you know Vile won? Well, Vile, I, I've met Vile, seen Vile's work like early, early Melrose in 1991-92. I was crossing paths with a lot of different artists. I mean, somewhere around the way, different artists were coming up to some Melrose for different reasons, you know? Yeah. And um, a lot of work was going, they're putting up a lot of work up in that area because it would get a lot of attention. Yeah. And um, so in crossing, and, and maybe we are three degrees of separation, but Alex DeLarge. Alex DeLarge. 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 Made the, put the link together for us so oh, that okay. we could get so we could get working. <laughs> big yep. Alex. Thank you, Al. Yeah. yeah. Big yeah. shout out to Alex. Yeah, big, and back then Alex. back then in uh that's when when uh, CBS was definitely like you know, locking Mauro's in and inviting us to do big uh pro- big walls and stuff like that. So Right. Yeah. That's awesome. So let me ask you a question. So just how did you how did you get tell us the story of how you really got started in writing? <clears throat> and hold, uh, no, don't pull any punches. We don't want the fucking Hallmark version. We want the crazy fucking <laughs> acid laced version. Yeah. Uh you know, it just um it just it just fucking excited me, you know. Like the first person I ever saw writing with spray paint was like some like devious demonic looking motherfucker from like i think little valley what did he look like uh, dude he just looked mischievous as fuck yeah. he was having, <laughs> but he had the biggest smile on his face and he was getting up and my dad goes fucking cholos like that <laughs> and he goes don't look at him you know don't yeah. even look at him and i fucking of course don't you look at a little puppet <laughs> breaking my neck to see this motherfucker jumping out of an old school lowrider you know old school car yeah. i don't even think it was a lowrider i think yeah. it was right, just right. fucked up and he was getting up and it was a daytime yeah and i was like damn that's fucking cool right you know your question did, did um what was your dad's attitude towards cholos my dad was uh you know I had a couple of aunts that were from neighborhoods, and my dad was the oldest out of like you know six, five or six, and they were all girls. Yeah. So my dad was the oldest, so he was the first one that had to get the fuck out of the pad. He's the one that had to go. To the, he went to the military, and he was just the Chicano that was like, "I'm not gonna let, let that happen to me." Right. He's not gonna succumb to the neighborhood. Right. So, so my aunts, my aunts, you know, they got on heroin, and they were all and they were with dudes. You know, they were, yeah, and they got in the hoods. You know, Garrity, one of my aunts is from Garrity. She still bangs a little bit. Whenever, right, right. Whatever she's feeling occasionally. So he, he got to see it take some of his family members close to him. He mm-hmm. saw what happened with that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so wait a second. So did you, and then, that, when your dad said that, did you feel, do you think that attracted it, that attracted graffiti to you in the sense that your dad didn't approve of it? No, that was metal. Really? <laughs> yeah. The, it wasn't nobody could say anything to stop me from painting like I, especially with spray paint and that was the main thing is that it was spray paint using black spray paint to do fucking you know big ass pieces you know? right 
like I wanted to do skulls and and demons and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Like that's that attracted me, and I didn't understand it at a younger age. And people used to be like, "Oh, you're fucking demonic. Why do you fuck with that shit? Mm-hmm. You're a Satanist. You're this. You're that." Yeah, because of the music I listen to now, and you know, in retrospect, and now that I'm older, I understand. You know these words right that we didn't understand as kids but colonization and demonized mm-hmm. and all that i'm like hey wait you know i'm i'm part native you know like yeah. i mean i'm all native to myself but sure on paper i'm part native what 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 tribe uh zuni and uh raramuri zuni i yeah. drove through uh, the zuni reservation probably about six months ago with my my woman i have a wall painted i painted a wall there i love that yeah yeah no yeah. i'm i'm jamestown sklalem from uh washington state totem oh, wow. yeah you're northwest name yeah beautiful let's do that i like that territory i like that land yeah what do you think about their art oh it's amazing there's a graffiti writer from up there yeah, he does. He does that that work down here. I love that. Yeah, we have a graffiti crew, kind of loosely knit, called Neoglyphics. Neoglyphics. And wow. Like, and what's their thing? Like, just wh- different, just different dudes from different tribes, like Doug Miles and Breeze and this cat, um, and Dwayne, Dwayno and Sano, and a bunch of writers from Arizona. Yeah. Yeah, you, uh, Yuku, and all kinds of. <laughs> Rise, Lady Rise, people you never heard of, youngsters that are coming up that are native, I love know, that. that are painting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, originally you're from, uh, are you from Boyle Heights? Is that the area that you're from in Yosemite? Or what part, if, or excuse me, let me know. What part are you No, 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 it's cool. It's funny. I was born at Beverly Beverly uh, Hospital. Yeah? I had, yeah, but I had some like lung failure and shit, so they transported me to Boyle, to White Memorial. Okay. So I say that I lived in White Memorial. <laughs> <laughs> that was when I first lived in, Wild, in Boyle Heights. Uh-huh. Yeah, and uh, I was there for like two weeks in an incubator and all that shit. And then, uh, but I grew up in San Gabriel Valley, East LA. East okay. LA. Yeah. Okay. How often, you know, did you, when you started writing, I know that a lot of writers, especially in your days, you had to get around town. You had to get all over to try and get your stuff up. And did you, did you frequent the Hollywood area much? Uh, you know what all I remember about that is like the 33 bus. Um, there was a couple of... So Wilshire, right? Was it Wilshire? Yeah, yeah. The number 33. Yeah, so getting to downtown was like a task. And, and you know, and then going to downtown and finding the stationary stores or whoever had the spots that would like share them with you to rack shit, you know? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't, you know, I wasn't a big time racker. I'd fucking get a pilot or some pilot ink and feel like I was the shit. You know, you know <laughs> what racking like, is? No, what's racking? <laughs> racking, racking is when they go in and it's uh, it's basically shoplifting. Usually, you, boosting. Yeah, you boost, you rack you paint, rack. rack markers, rack stuff so that you could use to get out because that stuff's expensive. Right, of course it is. And sometimes you just rack shit because you could, like, yeah. like stupid shit. You know, I had for I had a homie who we used to go on you know missions all day, and then he would go to like Albertsons and rack uh, food. Right, mm-hmm. so he he would like throw. I think it was prior. Is that right? I think it was prior. I think he would like roll shit or like slide shit out of the door from the inside. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. One time I had this homie who put ribs in his pants and he burned himself. He burned his stomach because the ribs were brand new from like Albertsons. Oh, they were cooked. Yeah, they were cooked with his pants. Oh, man. And he fucking burned himself. He he stole ribs and burned his hot dog. Rib bone. Yeah, there you go. So, so going back, so then it was metal then that was kind of the, the rebellious thing for you. 
Yeah, in a way. I mean, because that like, was the thing that my dad was always pissed about. It was long hair and metal. Right. Because he's a military guy. So long hair. You know, people tell me that sometimes they're like, you know, you should get a sh- like a military cut. And I'm like, fool, where I'm from, long hair is a military cut. What do you mean? Mm-hmm. All, the, all the military dudes... Uh, in the tribes, they all had long hair. They didn't have no short hair. <laughs> that is a military cut. You're the one with the fucked up hair. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, <clears throat> so let's talk about the state of metal then. Okay. All right. You're you're a metal aficionado. Like, right. uh, is there any new metal that people should be listening to, or that you think is worth a damn, or is it uh, all? Yeah. Is there I mean, hipster I, metal? Uh, there's hipster metal, but yeah, that's like deaf. Def Haven or some shit. I don't, I don't listen to that. <laughs> Homeboy's got like, you know, the white cat, like, looks like a male model and he has like short <laughs> fucking styled hair and he's, I'm just like, nah, dude, I'm not buying that shit. Right. Mm-hmm. But I do like uh, a band called Wolves in the Throne Room, which is a black metal band from Washington. Wolves in the Little, Throne Room. I like the yeah, fucking name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of these bands that I'm listening to right now are talking about taking back the land and going back to that and they're not even native, but right. they're still that kind of mindset of like, right. Fucking going back to that quote unquote pagan way of living. Because, because, and, and let's not be fucked up about this, let's be real. The truth is that everybody, white, black, brown, whatever, red, everybody hails from a tribe if mm-hmm. you go back far enough. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And everybody, rem- everybody has some kind of root in a time when you didn't have all this prepackaged, glossy, fucking consumeristic bullshit. That we've got that's pretty much eating away, or the Bible, or even the Bible. If you do now, you're now you are demonic. Holy shit, violin! <laughs> <laughs> that's true. No, I mean, that's it's just true. that you know, it's you know, that's the first form of mental slavery, right? Like that's what first got us. Now we got Instagram is the new mental slavery, but or social media. I don't know? know. You know what? I hear that, but don't you kind of agree that? Instagram or social media is no different than polite society or 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 rules of conduct and etiquette in certain areas. Like in the way that I think, I think always there's been some sort of filter and control from the ruling mm-hmm. class mm-hmm. over other people. And, and mm-hmm. Instagram might be the new one, but I don't think that's any different than any other time. But I think it's voluntary. voluntary. What do you, you mean? Know, it's like a voluntary form of like mental... Like, you buy into it really easily. But you, you know could I mean? say the same thing about religion. Because nobody watches TV anymore. That's true. It came from the it went from the book to the TV to the computer. It went from the book to the movie. No, book, radio. Ah, radio. Okay. Book, radio, movie, television, computer, and then cell phone, which is just a mini computer. Right. But don't you think that mental slavery at any stage, if you really want to get down to it, is voluntary at some level. Well, if you're if you're aware of it, get get on the mic. If you're aware of it, okay. What yeah. do you mean by that? <coughs> Excuse me. I don't. I just think that some things you know people weren't aware. I mean, you know, the Bible. You know, follow this, or we'll cut your fucking hands off. You know right. what I mean? You don't think people were aware of that? Because because think about people it. didn't have a choice. Internally, they did, and this is what no, I'm. No, they didn't. Not when they're sending your your brother back with no fucking hands. I'm telling you right now, do they have a choice as to? And a lot of Jewish people actually have gone through that same exact thing in Europe. Let's say, Mm -hmm. okay, during the Inquisition, right? You had a lot of Jews who were forced by the Spaniards Mm -hmm. to convert Mm -hmm. to Christianity, Mm -hmm. and a lot of Jews did externally. Mm -hmm. 
And internally, though, they maintain their values. Right. Like and natives. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what I meant by choice in the sense of, and I think even when you say like, oh, you have to study this or you have to follow this or we're going to cut your hands off. I think that that's the more obvious place for you to see like, okay, I'm being forced this and I can fake give them what they want, but I'm going to maintain some seed internally. Right. And I hope that a lot of people can maintain that seed internally. And that's a struggle, you know, it's like to find those people that can maintain that seed, that belief internal, you know, we have to go through a lot. We, we suffer a lot from uh, genetic, you know, traumas, you know, like our, our forefathers, our, our ancestors that were enslaved to, you know, do shit that, you know, they don't want to do, but they're forced, right? And we're right. still living some of that. Some of that's still in our spirit. For sure. In our DNA, we can't help it. So we fight each other, right? When we're young, we go after each other, and we battle each other, and we fucking kill each other. And then we we rest, and then we realize, whoa, what the fuck are we doing? Or what the fuck are they doing, you know? Like a lot of old school gang members, they'll, they'll be the first ones to tell you, don't get in a neighborhood. And that was, I was surrounded by people that were like, don't ever get in the neighborhood. Do your art. Right. And that's what I did. And even if, it, even if it meant that I was a fucking hermit, I was like, fuck it. Because the wizard is because. a hermit. <laughs> because the <laughs> wizard is a hermit. There you go. So, so you had then, you had other influences around you that tried to steer you towards your art. Yeah. And uh, was there ever a time in your, in your early days where you were like almost, you almost quit? Well, yeah, I mean... I mean, no, art has always been a thing that I did, but it was never a thing that I thought I could do all the time. You know what I mean? So I would draw and I would go to parties and kick it. And then people would come up to me and be like, yo, you're an artist now. You draw. And I'm like, yeah. And they would make me draw at parties. And I'd be like, yo, I'm just fucking, I'm here to, to have fun and shit. Like I got, you know, three people waiting for me to draw shit for them. Right. So that was kind of funny, you know? And of course, if the girls asked me to draw something, I'd be like, yeah, sure, no problem. Right. <laughs> Let me draw you. Let's go in the back room. I'm really good with nudes. Let me do your name. You yeah. Know? In high school, let yeah. me do your name. Did you, Did that work for you really well, though? Did chicks really get into it? Nah. No? No. Nah. Come on. I mean, I would draw their names and that was it. And uh, they but- go back to their boyfriend. <laughs> Hey, any of you girls that are listening right now, Mrs. Earbuds, if Vile One drew your name back in high school, it's time for you to pay up. Yo, one, I, I know somebody from high school that has still has a drawing. No kidding. Yeah. And when, did, you, did you see it? And did it look to you like you're like, man, that's pretty good, actually. It was a trip because you know what? I was drawing a lot of like shit that seemed like I was on drugs, but I was never like, at that time, I was never <laughs> doing drugs. So I think it was like, the thing I did was like a, a joint. Yeah. And it had butterfly wings coming out of it. Motherfuckers don't bite that design. (laughs) (laughs) But it was, yeah. Right now, there's a dispensary that's opening up that's going to use that as their logo. And I think I wrote the butterfly sores, you know, referencing Mm -hmm. a female smoking weed. Right. How did how did how did rock and I mean how did metal? How did this get influenced into your life? And did it start with classic rock? What what how, how did that I want to hear about how that came to be. I think in graffiti, uh, there was always metal influence in graffiti. Like even back to like the subway days in New York and scene did a, a subway that said hand of doom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember that piece. Scene still very much into, you know, old school metal, classic rock. Uh, 
Um, so I always felt like it had, I guess, the rawness, you know, of it. Unfiltered. But then as I started getting older, I started getting into more, like, heavier shit. And uh, and then I noticed that, like, the pace, right? Like, I would listen to it and the pace would keep me painting quicker. Mm. Interesting. Then, yeah. And let me ask you a question. Is there, is, was there ever metal where you, like, because a lot of it is, you know, demonology and all this other kind of stuff. And it's really too open up that space and say you know you're you know you already don't like who we are anyway so we're going to take hold of these negative images and turn them into something powerful mm. or blah, blah sacred or whatever you want to call it in fact i actually read jo- uh sharon osborne's autobiography about ozzy osborne mm-hmm. it's an amazing amazing book in the sense of it gives some insight into ozzy and what he was really like some fantastic stories yeah about dipping his balls in the fucking and he really did bite a bat's head off yeah 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 but the thing is, is for you, is there, was there ever a point in the metal? Is there metal where you're like, well, that's too far. That, that's, I don't go that, that's a little crazy. I don't know if I fuck with that. Like, guar, did guar push you over the edge? No, I didn't. I was never into guar. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it was because, like, Black Sabbath was, like, from the streets, right? Black Sabbath were, they were poor. They're, they talked about sharing a cigarette between the four of them. Right. They're from Birmingham. It was, like, a shithole. Like, all they had was their art. To, to uplift them right. to get them out of that right then you come back to LA and you come to like the late 80s and you have Slayer mm-hmm. right who was from fucking Southgate right mm-hmm. which is where there was a yard in Southgate we would go to Southgate uh, into the into the river and there was a there was a yard there that they would invite us to and there was like different crews at the time popping up that were like like OS, 